Truth Espresso, episode 224. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Well, hey there, this is Daniel Minnick, your host for Truth Espresso, and I have with me once again my sweet, beautiful wife and co-host Chelsea, and we are going to continue part two of what we did last week. We did part one of victories over Molech, and so this episode is part two, and we're going to look at a few different cases of what's going on in the UK and As we go through some of this, you might think this sounds very depressing and oppressive, but we're going to kind of see how these really are victories over Molech. And so, ready to talk with me about victories over Molech relating to abortion, sweetheart? Yes, let's do this. Andrew Rappaport contacted me this evening, we're recording Saturday evening, and mentioned that I should take a look at this FBI-leaked document where the FBI, I guess a whistleblower by the name of Kyle Serafin from the FBI, he was a former FBI agent, and he managed to get a hold of a draft of a document from the Richmond, Virginia office and leaked it to the public and exposed yet another plot from the FBI to target its own citizens. And so this document was titled Interest of Racially or Ethnically Motivated Violent Extremists in Radical Traditional Catholic Ideology Almost Certainly Presents New Mitigation Opportunities. (laughs) Now that's quite the title, but basically the idea is saying that they could find potential terrorist threats among Catholics or Catholic organizations that focus on kind of the old school traditional Catholic theology and rights. And so, yes, that was leaked. And so, sweetheart, you want to give a few comments about this? Yes, I was looking at an article from Fox News talking about the FBI leaking this document and It was just a little frustrating how they're treating Catholics, like you mentioned, as terrorists. And they even had this idea of sending in undercover Catholics to different Catholic masses to question members there and see if they could gather who were considered to be the bad Catholics. Mm -hmm. And bad Catholics were people defined as being anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ, anti-immigration. So basically, like the traditional Catholic beliefs, like they are pro-life and pro-family and pro-marriage. So if you're standing up for these values like the Catholics have, then they're considered to be bad or terrorist. And these undercover Catholics were supposed to expose who these people were to the FBI. And they said this was something they did similarly after the September 11th tragedy where they sent undercover people into mosques across the U.S. 
and to try and find out more about some of the terrorists with that. I'm like, this is crazy. Catholics who hold up traditional values are being treated on the same level as terrorists who killed thousands of people. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, sweetheart. And I know that, you know, we're not Roman Catholic here, and I'm sure most of our listeners aren't, but that's not to say, you know, don't worry about that. That's them. But basically, you know, they're targeting these Catholics for the same reason that they would target your typical evangelical Christian, you know, for the same values. So the document is targeting traditional Catholics as suspects. You know, so those who would consider themselves traditional, they're going to think, okay, well, then they're more likely the kind of people who would hold to certain values, as you mentioned, sweetheart, family values, and that would make these people dangerous. Like, allegedly, they could be (laughs) racist or ethnically motivated, of course, because the leftist mafia thinks that anyone who holds to traditional family values somehow must be racist or something, you know. Okay, so the tr- the Catholics that would be considered suspect, those who hold to traditional values, most likely you can identify them by those who would prefer the old Latin mass. And, you know, I'll listen to some podcasts frequently. There's the Tom Woods show. He holds to the traditional Latin mass. He prefers that. Michael Knowles on the Daily Wire, same thing. Matt Walsh, another Roman Catholic who prefers the old Latin Mass, same thing. And so, like, they're also likely the ones who would kind of reject or disdain the Vatican II Council in the 1960s that kind of did away with the old Latin rites and turned some Roman Catholic masses in English and kind of to more somewhat resemble the way Protestant churches might kind of worship. And even though we as Protestants, we might look at that and say, hey, that's an improvement. On the other hand, if I'm looking at Roman Catholics, I would kind of respect the ones more who hold to traditional values and stuff like that. Also, this document listed Catholic organizations that the Southern Poverty Law Center considers hate groups. Now, the Southern Poverty Law Center considers like, you know, anything that isn't woke as a hate group. So, you know, it's a pretty big tent there. Now, a victory, you know, as we'd say over this Molech here, is the fact that Kyle Serafin leaked the document, and because it was leaked, the FBI was facing quite a bit of backlash. Uh, conservative media commentators and also members of Congress bashed the FBI pretty harshly for this. And so then the FBI responded by saying that they removed the document from their computer systems and they're investigating how it got created in the first place. Yeah. Now, I'm not going (laughs) to put much stock in that. It's more like a, oh, you caught me. What am I going to do? Here's how we're going to apologize for our little mistake here, you know. But hey, thank God for people like Kyle Serafin that there's always someone there to leak things, to be whistleblowers, you know, to hold these secret agencies in check here. Mm -hmm. That's actually a great point because I know this last week we were listening to the President's State of the Union address. And one of the things he brought up was that he wants to hold 
police departments accountable for their actions and what goes on. But I was wondering, why don't we hold the FBI accountable? Because (laughs) it seems like the FBI has been doing a lot more actions that go against what the Constitution is, goes against what American freedom and liberty is. Like, it just seems that if you're going to require more insight into the general police departments, that the FBI would be on top of their list for having more... (laughs) Scrutiny? (laughs) Scrutiny or like... Oversight, yeah. Yeah, just accountability too. And yeah, it was just interesting that this is another example of, okay, FBI needs that accountability. And like you said, this is amazing that we see these people. We are going to talk about more stories where there's that persecution. I mean, it's not to the level, of course, that we see in other countries, but persecution against our freedoms and what we can say, what we can stand up for, what we believe. And it's like, again, we mentioned last week, our modern day Daniels and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego's where we need to take that stand, even though it seems like we're alone or everyone else is just going with the flow. But God will help us and give us that strength to stand up for what is right. And you mentioned police brutality. Yes, we. it happens sometimes. We can't ignore the fact that it happens, but that doesn't mean that the solution to that is a Marxist tear down the police. But then, yeah, the FBI, you know, like who's holding them accountable if they're kind of like a Gestapo against citizens who are not really committing what would be considered a crime as defined by the Ten Commandments, you know, killing, stealing, and such like that. As we saw in the case last week when we talked about Mark Hook, who the FBI raided his house, and we saw the victory there that he won his federal court case there, and now he's going on the offensive and suing the FBI and stuff to say, hey, you know, this was not authorized. Why did this happen? This was intended to intimidate. This wasn't legal. So now, let's get into some pro-life people who are being persecuted as we speak, basically, for standing up for life, and even in some cases, just what's going on in their minds, you know, so these are real thought crimes going on here, and these are all happening in England, in the United Kingdom here, and the first kind of bombshell case that came out, then there are several that were kind of falling in line after that is the case involving Isabel Vaughn Spruce. So Isabel Vaughn Spruce is the director of the March for Life UK. So as a background for what was going on with her, first we have the Anti-Social Behavior, Crime, and Policing Act of 2014 in the UK that would allow different cities or municipalities to set up public space protection orders. So it kind of gives different cities and regions the ability to set up these orders with leeway for like the specific actions that they're prohibiting. And in various cities, a lot of them would be related to like, you can't walk your dog here, or there can only be certain types of dogs. Dogs that could be a threat to public are not allowed in certain spaces. 
So the original reasons for some of this would make sense, but then what falls under antisocial behavior and how can that term get stretched out? So eventually these public space protection orders started to cover picketing or protesting. Like, okay, sure, you have a right to picket and protest, but just not in certain areas that would be a public disturbance or in some ways prevent people from being able to do things or go places. So then, in September 7th, 2022, so last year, as of this recording, a public space protection order went into effect in Birmingham, England, with the purpose to prohibit all abortion-related demonstrations. So, supposedly, it's for and against are prohibited. Those people who need to go to an abortion clinic, there can't be protests with people holding signs or doing anything to demonstrate, don't go there. And then there also can't be people holding signs like, shout your abortion, whatever. People supposed to have a peaceful ability, if they need an abortion, allegedly, to be able to just walk to the clinic and do what they need to do without being bothered by anything political around that area. Now we get to Isabel von Spruce, and now just a few months after the public space protection order went into effect in Birmingham, on December 6th, 2022, Isabel von Spruce was standing on a sidewalk across the street from the Brown Clinic, abortion clinic, and some public members noticed she was standing there, so they told the police, you know, we think she's praying. <laughs> and so the police go over there and they ask her, are you praying? And she said, I might have been praying silently in my head. We'll play the clip for what happened here so you can hear what went on there. Uh, what, what are you here for today? Uh, physically, I'm just standing here. Okay. Why, why here of all places? I know you, you don't live nearby. But this is an abortion centre. Okay. That's why you're standing. Is you standing here part of the protest? No. I'm not are you, protesting. Are you, are you praying? I, I might be praying in my head. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you once more, will you voluntarily come with us now to the police station for me to ask you some questions about today and other days where there are allegations that you've broken public space and protection? Uh, if I've got a choice, then no. Okay, well then you're under arrest. The class suspicion of failing to comply with the public space protection order, which is under the Antisocial Behaviour Plan and Policing Act 2014. Now, of course, you again, you do not have to say anything. It may harm your defence if you do not mention one question Something which you later on call, you do say maybe to the Do you understand the caution? Now, the reason for this was that the public space protection order specified that prayer was included under protests. So any kind of protest, marching, shouting, holding signs was prohibited, but Catholics might be known for visually praying a rosary or stuff like putting on a public display with their prayers. But then that gets stretched to where it's like, okay, if someone's just standing and not walking, what are you doing there? Are you praying? And that's what happened with Isabel von Spruce. And the crazy part about her story, too, is that she was doing this when the clinic was closed. <laughs> so yeah. there was no traffic going in and out. She wasn't obstructing anyone. 
And how do you determine that someone's praying in their head? Or how do you yeah. like even think, oh, that person might be praying because they're standing there <laughs> quietly. It's just such a crazy, like you said, a stretch of what they've been putting into place here and trying to accuse anyone who might look pro-life. They're going to start reading minds down and say that you were praying in your head. Yeah, because she said, I might have been praying in my head. So the officer said, okay, so you're under arrest. Please come with us. And yeah. <laughs> so then while at the station, then the officers showed pictures of her as she was standing there and asked, like, were you praying in this photo? You know, just think of how ridiculous that is. And to answer those, sometimes she would have to say, like, I don't know, maybe or I could have been praying or sometimes I might have even been thinking about what I just ate for lunch. Why should it matter what was going on in your head if you happen to be just standing in place looking at something? Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's word? Me too. Hi. I'm Anthony Russo. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the Christian Podcast Community.org. Then as a condition for her release from bail there, she was told not to talk to a pro-life priest in the area, but later that requirement was dropped. (laughs) (laughs) But then there also, they ordered her not to pray in public spaces, even that are outside restricted zones, because, you know, it's supposed to prevent her from somehow violating public space protection orders in the future. So it's kind of like, if you transgress here, we have to make sure you can't possibly do the same activity anywhere else, because You might, just like she might have been praying in her head, well, you might end up accidentally or whatever violating a second time, and we don't want that to happen. Doesn't the story just remind you so much of Daniel? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he was ordered not to pray to his God. And what did he do? He didn't hide in his house in a closed closet and pray in his head. He was making known that he was still going to do what God said to do, to pray to him and talk to him. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know that at the time of Daniel, it was common for Jews to pray toward Jerusalem, especially so when they're in captivity, they're going to face Jerusalem. And it was public to some extent that they would pray audibly publicly and he most likely would also pray the Shema, you know, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That was something that Jews did every day, and they would try to face Jerusalem. You know, if you've heard of Muslims praying facing Mecca, they got it from Jews. And originally, Muslims used to pray toward Jerusalem until Mecca became their <laughs> capital, if I remember correctly. But yeah, <laughs> Now, if you read the articles covering this, and they're not like from the Catholic news agency, they're from a more mainstream site, you're going to see 
comment wars. <laughs> and what's, as I read a bunch of comments, I was in this um, article from yahoo.com and we'll, you know, put links to these articles in the show notes, but I was looking at how the readers, commenters were interacting with each other <laughs> about this. And they see those who support arresting someone like Isabel von Spruce, they would try to twist the Bible to make it as if Christianity itself agrees with them. So a commenter named Brian said, she should read her Bible. Christ said people who flaunt their religion in public are false prophets. <laughs> of course, I don't remember him Jesus calling them false prophets, but is probably getting it from Matthew chapter 6, and that's definitely taken out of context. But how is Isabel flaunting <laughs> yeah exactly when she's just standing there quietly and no one even knows what she's doing they have to ask her what's going on in your head like, yeah exactly so people in the public tell officers like i think she might be praying you know so they have to go there and ask her what's going on in your head so yeah how is that flaunting the religion <laughs> So Dream15X said, Silently praying is not minding other people's business. I pray for friends, family, and people I don't know, and the majority have no idea that I am. To which John replied, Good, don't do it outside clinics. <laughs> but she's just standing there silently praying, you know, and this John is saying, Okay, it's good. It's fine that you silently pray, but just don't do it outside clinics. It's like, okay, he's agreeing with this protection order that makes officers have to ask people what's going on in your head if you dare to stand still and look at a clinic or something, you know. And then a commenter named Matthew said, where she did it is only the proof needed. She can pray anywhere else. Jesus was against public prayer, psych, he said pray, prayer, because he knew it was performative. You know that's the truth. You just agree with her morals, so you're trying to justify her. I would see other commenters and on other articles and see, okay, where are they getting this from? But they're getting it from Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus says, don't do your alms to be seen of men. And when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees for they, you know, blow trumpets and put on parades and stuff. Go into your closet and pray in secret. And he which sees in secret shall reward you openly. So the leftists really latch on to that. They'll say, see, Jesus said your religion is not meant to be a public display. You know, keep it in secret. Like, that's not what Jesus is talking about. This Matthew here totally misses the point of what Jesus said in Matthew <laughs> with Jesus' condemnation of the Pharisees. You mentioned before, sweetheart, about Daniel and the lion's den. And so Daniel didn't pray in secret, even though he knew there is a law that would have arrested him, but he did it publicly. And Daniel wasn't contradicting what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5, which comes before Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says in verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He also says in verse 13, You are the salt of the earth. He says in verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. 
He says in verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when Jesus was talking about not praying in public, he's comparing it with the Pharisees who were blowing trumpets trying to draw attention and make themselves look pious. That's not what Isabel was doing. She was grieved about abortion, and she stood there knowing that there's a public protection order. She probably wasn't intending to put on a display, but yet people are like, I think she's praying. She can't do that. Officers, maybe you need to arrest her. Yes, so indeed, Isabel von Spruce was arrested because an officer had to inquire about what was in her mind. Now, as things stand, she did have a hearing date, but the charges were dropped so that hearing didn't happen. But she's told that the charges could be brought up again if new evidence shows. She's not going to just say, oh, great, uh, um, let me just move on with my life. No, for this victory over Moloch, Isabel von Spruce wants to go to court because she wants to be cleared of the charges and vindicated for doing nothing wrong. And I think she's intending to try to fight against this whole public space protection order, outlawing silent praying. So, since we're talking about prayer in relation to abortion, don't you think that prayer is so necessary for this battle with abortion and just human life? I mean, that's one of our strongest weapons against the enemy because isn't Ephesians where it talks about that we aren't fighting against people, but... Flesh and blood, blood. but against principalities and powers. Like, okay, prayer is going to be our strongest weapon against that. And I think especially at the abortion clinics, as soon as you get close to an abortion clinic, you can just feel the intense evilness that is around there. And those places need prayer. And for some reason, this just reminded me of the 19-year-old who just died from taking the abortion pill. Mm. And this was in Canada, but we're saying that it's okay to, well, we're not saying it. (laughs) The FDA and medical providers and the pro-abortion community is saying that it's okay to mail out or have women have unlimited access to these abortion pills. And yet women like this young girl in Canada are dying from this. And yes, their babies are dying from this too. And we have got to stand up against this and say, no, this is not right. We should not be letting this happen. And I think that prayer is so essential in these battles that we're facing. And I think it's amazing and heroic with these people that go there despite these crazy rules and they still pray. And hopefully their prayers will lead them to more victories. Hmm. And I think we have a couple more examples of some of these, too. Yes, as I mentioned, Isabel von Spruce was kind of the one who got it all started. The dominoes are kind of falling this way. So she was the prototype of a common theme with people allegedly violating a public space protection order that forbids the protest of praying. And so the second example is one named Adam Smith Connor. And so he ended up getting fined for violating a PSPO. So what he was doing, he was seen kind of bowing his head, closing his eyes. And when an officer came and asked him 
what are you doing? Are you praying? He said, I'm praying for my son who is deceased. And the officers like, you know, our condolences to that, but you're not supposed to be praying because this is a protected area. Adam said that he had paid for an abortion over 20 years ago with his then girlfriend and he regrets the fact that he did that and so he also had helped with abortions when he worked in the military in an army hospital but in his case he actually had his back facing the clinic so that he wasn't interfering with people you know entering the clinic but he was just expressing his own personal sorrow over the fact that he was responsible for the abortion of his son and yes he ended up getting fined but he's challenging that and he's going to commit to the fight against these violations of the right to speech and to prayer in public are you living an abundant life jesus came to give us eternal life yes but also an abundant life here and now overflowing with the fruit of the spirit The Abundant Life Podcast encourages and challenges Christians to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. Podcast hosts Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano discuss various topics that are helpful for Christians and true to the scripture and bring a generous dose of humor. Visit AbundantLife.fm and subscribe to get notified of each new episode. That's AbundantLife.fm. You feel like, what is going on in Europe that these police have all this time on their hands to <laughs> yeah. go around and say, oh, that person looks like he's praying. Let's go arrest him. Like, yeah. don't they have other more pressing or higher level crimes to go after? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. This just seems so crazy. Yep. One would think that because then these type of things become a waste of police resources that really should go toward actual real crimes such as thou shalt not kill thou shalt not steal and not you know okay what was going on in your head and i'm wondering if police are going to get tired of having to do this as people are challenging the order going through the process so our next case has to do with a catholic priest also in europe So this Catholic priest, Father Sean Goh, was standing outside an abortion clinic holding a sign, and he was just standing there quietly while he held the sign. The sign said, praying for freedom of speech. And because he was holding the sign, he was charged with two different violations. The one was for his silent prayer and holding a sign. And the other was because he had parked his car too close to the vicinity. And on his car, there was a sticker that said, Unborn Lives Matter. So his situation is the first in which he is charged for praying specifically about free speech (laughs) and not even abortion. (laughs) And thankfully, the charges were dropped. But as similar with Isabel that we talked about earlier, these could be brought up again. So... Thankfully, he's another one who's trying to hold his ground and have the charges dropped in court. Yeah, so he wants to get cleared. He wants to get vindicated in court. And I think that the legal apparatus that wants to enforce these public space protection orders, they're expecting people to just 
cave in. They're also thinking that, okay, if officers threaten, fine, or arrest someone, that these people would just be too afraid and say, okay, tell me what I need to do. I won't do it again ever. But they're having to put up with all these people who are Like, even in the case of Isabel von Spruce, she wasn't expecting this to happen. She was the first one that we know of here, but she didn't just cave in and say, okay, I'll do whatever you say, and just please don't bring up the charges again. No, she wants to challenge. She wants to be cleared, which would set the precedent. And so I think one of the things with the effort to say, okay, we're dropping the charges, but just be aware that they could come up if new evidence comes again. It's kind of to try to intimidate people to do what they want them to do. But these people are not being intimidated, you know, like, oh, no, please, I'll do whatever it takes. Just promise me that you're not going to bring up the charges again. But yes, with this father, Sean, go, he's told that again, but he's going to go through with it. Like, yeah, bring it on. Bring me to court. I'm going to make sure that the charges are dropped. Now, think of how this type of situation with the public space protection order really goes beyond the stated intent or even the effect that's right here, right now, because he said that he had the two charges, one for the prayer and the sign, but then the second charge was the sticker on his car. So think like, okay, well, you have the right to put that kind of sticker on your car, but then where can you park it if you have to drive somewhere? Things like this, the real regions whereby you can actually say things, do things, can grow from the (laughs) censorship zones. It really has a way of chilling your ability to move around or to speak in public, as his example shows there. (laughs) Does he have to take off the sticker? Because you never know if you park too close to an abortion clinic, that sticker's going to get you in trouble. So you might as well just not have it on your car ever. Don't you think it's kind of telling to these police officers also when they ask people, like, were you praying? And these people say, yes, or I could have been, or they answer, okay, the police can't look in their heads. They can't say, oh, we know for sure you were praying. Like, these people are being honest (laughs) and saying that, yes, they were praying. And it could be so easy for them to be like, oh, no, I wasn't praying. I was just trying to think, oh, where did I park my car? Or, (laughs) you know, come up with something. But they're being brave and actually saying that, yes, they were praying, (laughs) even though this law says that they can't do that. That has (laughs) to be somewhat telling to these officers. You would think that they would like be honest and brave to say that what they were actually doing. (laughs) Yeah, I'd see some of the comments on some of these articles where someone would say he or she could have said what I was thinking in my head really is none of your business. Of course, then the leftist person would reply like, but she didn't, you know, and it's like, you want to say, Yeah, because she's a Christian and she's honest. Doesn't that tell you something about her character? They could say something like, I don't remember what I was thinking. My mind was wandering, thinking about all kinds of things. Or, yeah, even just say, like, what does that matter? You know, I have a right to think what I want to think, and I don't have to answer that question. That might have even been legal, too. But they're being honest because they're prepared to challenge these public orders. 
And I think that, you know, the more they push back, the more they realize just how stifling and counterproductive and evil these orders are, the more backlash is going to happen that maybe these orders might get repealed. So the last case that we have in the UK is that of Livia Tosici Bolt. Her name's probably Italian there, but she was in the UK. She was praying publicly outside any censorship zone. So this case is unique because she wasn't actually violating any of the public space protection order. In fact, she was intentionally trying to comply by standing well outside the range, the actual legally protected range. She was in a public space that wasn't in a censorship zone. But then officers did come up to her and were trying to tell her, move on. They're trying to tell her to stop publicly praying there. One of their excuses was that, well, there's a school nearby and some children might come up and ask you questions. (laughs) So like, so what's the point here? It's not just you're too close to this building. It's just As I said, these public space protection orders kind of go beyond to basically say like, look, people just forget the whole public praying at all anywhere because it's the same desired effect. Just don't do it anywhere. So the Alliance Defending Freedom in the UK issued a complaint to the authorities that the police infringed on Livia's right to prayer in a public area. And so, yes, here's our fourth case here of someone who's actually going to go through and challenge even officers trying to go beyond and discourage her from doing what really is in her rights. Because we see there where this nonsense leads. And yes, thank God for Alliance Defending Freedom and a lady, an older lady like Livia Tosici Bolt who's not going to buckle down and is going to push and challenge and fight for a victory against Moloch in this case and show the absurdity and the overreach of these public space protection orders and assert the right to be able to speak and pray in public like people have had in England. So I have a verse that we can leave our listeners just to (laughs) kind of encourage because... There's definitely a huge battle raging here on Christianity. And this verse is Second Chronicles 32, verse 7. It says, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed. And I just like that mm-hmm, verse. Yeah. Like, okay, God's going to give you that strength. He's going to give you that courage. And we don't have to be afraid. Like, when you stand on God's word and his principles and what he tells us, then we don't have to be afraid because God is on our side. Definitely, sweetheart. And that's a good verse to leave us with. And the fight against Moloch is everywhere in the world. And we might, in the United States here, find ourselves in a similar situation as our cousins there in England are facing with silent prayer in public. Are we prepared for that? Are we prepared to fight in the courts? fight in the jails, (laughs) stand our ground, do it in a Christ-like manner, but not cower in fear, but yes, be prepared to fight for our God-given rights and our God-given mandate to make sure that people know what the truth is. 
We won't let Satan, we won't let Moloch stop us in our fight for the truth about what abortion is and to save the lives of innocent babies in the womb. And so thank you for listening to this episode of Truth Espresso and stay tuned for the next episode and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 